Welcome to Black Equity Podcast. You can subscribe on Apple iTunes, Spotify, and most major platforms. We have to break down the numbers when it comes to the NBA and coaching. Because I think it's important when we look at the black equity of things and we're looking at a black coach owned by majority of these teams are owned by white owners. I think there's only one black owner in the NBA, Michael Jordan. And so it's difficult because I'm a Laker fan. And I'll just be quite honest, just being straight down the the middle here, I'm not paying Ty Lu for five years. I mean just just from a business standpoint. From a business standpoint, I, I can't imagine paying Tyrone Liu, American basketball coach, for five years. I'm not even looking at the money. I don't want you tied to my organization for that long. If anything, I'm only bringing you in because you have a rapport with LeBron, and his contract is going to be up pretty soon. And so I don't want you to be there as a lingering effect uh, at that point, we're going to need a whole new coach at that time if we even brought you in. And so let's look at the numbers. You know, when I look at uh, uh, Lakers, Lou and talks without deal source, I'm looking at uh, Adrian uh, Wojnarowski uh, wrote this article on ESPN.com. If I'm going NBA, I'm always going to Woj, you know, for most for most things. Now, that being said, there's plenty of great black journalists. There's plenty of great uh, analysts. But Woes has the, the track record. Now, I would love for somebody else to come up in the game that can have the track record as him. Because I've seen other people, you know, say, well, you know, Durant's definitely leaving and Durant's going here and he's going there. And then we don't hear nothing else after that. And so I want people that are, when I get the story is going to happen. So Adrian Woj does that. Now, it says here, negotiations between Los Angeles Lakers and Tyrone Lue have ended without an agreement to make him the franchise's next head coach, Lee sources uh, told ESPN. Lue and his representatives turned down the Lakers' offer Tuesday, league sources said. The Lakers then on Wednesday offered Lue a deal in the range of three years and $18 million, after which Lue's side pulled out of negotiations. According to the sources, Lou's camp was seeking a five-year deal with a salary with a championship resume. Beyond an inability to agree on contractual terms, the Lakers have proposed several scenarios involving their preferred candidates for assistant coaches, including Jason Kidd. And I heard about that. To jump out of the uh, article and, and give some commentary here, I did hear that Jason Kidd was almost a requirement in order to be on uh, the assistant coach's team, you know, on the, the staff. Well, here's the thing. If I'm Ty Lu, so I got to look at it from all perspectives. I'm a Laker fan, but I got to look at it from Ty Lu's perspective is why do I have to bend to your will who my assistants are? You know, you're only giving me three years and you're telling me what assistants to have. You're basically trying to handcuff me so I can uh, uh, appease and coach LeBron James because he's one of the only people. I'm one of the only people who have been successful with him. And so you're trying to rekindle some type of magic between us two, but you're trying to do it at the lowest 
common denominator, which is to pay me for three years and 18 mil and then require who my assistants are. So from his perspective, I get it. So now from the uh, uh, Lakers perspective, let's look at it different from a Lakers perspective. Dude, you only getting three years out of us. We don't need you for five years. And of course, we're making that very clear in our in our in our argument. And then his argument is, well, I want to be somewhere where I can be there long term. This doesn't seem like a good fit. It seems like he would just be a Band-Aid anyway. You need someone who can come in and be there for five years. That's who you need. So even if LeBron James were to retire in two or three years, that person would still have the opportunity to continue coaching and build up after they left. So who is that going to be? Because you want someone that's going to you know, take over. So then when other players come to, to work with LeBron, they know it's more than just about him. You want a coach you can hire for five years. So then you're telling all, all the other basketball players, hey, if you come work with us, we're, we're building a solid foundation here. So then the question is, what's going on with Mark Jackson? Has Mark Jackson been blackballed? Is I mean, Mark Jackson is the best candidate for the position. You saw what he did in Golden State Warriors. Am I the only one missing something here? When I'm looking at the black equity, it would seem to me now Ty, you know, Ty Lu is black. So there's no, you know, hey, you know, what's going on here situation. So it's none of that. It's not I'm, I'm not here to call pull some type of race card. But I'm trying to figure out if Ty Lue's not available, Monty Williams is not available, why isn't Mark Jackson on the short list? Was his time in Golden State not proven? And did Steve Kerr not come and take over his position and go straight to the championship once he already built the established culture and established brand of the Warriors? It was Mark Jackson who was the architect of that. And so what I'm asking is, why wouldn't he be one of the first coaches to to take over the helm of a, a, a team that has true legacy? Someone who is a legacy type player, who played in some really big games, who's done really big things, and now has, has a proven track record of coaching and building up a culture. And so... I'll, t- I'll, I'll, take a, I'll take a step back from that and jump back into this article. But I'm just wondering, where's Mark Jackson? Now, this isn't a, you know, a sports podcast specifically. This is really looking at black equity. This is really looking at the culture in general. We just happen to stumble across a sports conversation today, which I love. I'm looking at I'm looking at Mark Jackson he would love to come on for three years and 18 mil. I think he would even enjoy five. But let's look at the article. The The Cleveland Cavaliers still owe Lou more than $10 million on his contract payout, and accepting a less-than-market-value deal from the Lakers could ultimately cost him money. That makes perfect sense. So two teams can't pay you, is my understanding. So he's still getting money from the Cleveland Cavaliers firing him. And if he goes sign with the Lakers, he'll be getting less money there than he would have got through the contract payout. 
Tyler's doing the right thing. This just is not a good fit. There's no need to force it. Let's move on. I don't really want him on, on, you know, coaching my team anyway. No offense, Ty. No offense. But I don't really want him, you know, just from a personal, you know, preference. I don't want Ty Lue to coaching my team. This is not Cleveland Cavaliers part two. I never, I didn't ask for that. I want Mark Jackson. That's who I want as my coach. I wanted Mark Jackson from the very beginning. Why do we keep throwing money everywhere else? I don't know, but I think it's worth a conversation finally on the podcast because I've never sat down and actually analyzed the team. You can't run an NBA franchise like a mom and pop's boutique shop. You, you can't. I am a Laker fan through and through, but I don't have any equity in the Lakers. I have no equity. They don't pay me a, a monthly stipend. There's no quarterly return coming through with the Lakers. And until I see that, what the hell am I loyal for? They're not sending me season tickets off the strength of my, my fandomness. No, I got to pay the piper. I got to pay to watch. And so that means I get as a fan, because I have been loyal, <laughs> I have gone to games. That means I get to say something. And the way the team is being ran is disgusting. Ty, why would you offer Ty Lue an offer that would be less than where he's currently at? And then tell him who he can and cannot hire. It shows you don't respect him anyway. The ultimate level of equity is respect. You don't respect somebody enough for them to build out their own roster. So why would you hire somebody you don't respect? I'm not even saying that you have to respect them. All I'm saying is, since you're showing that you don't respect them, why hire him? Why make it a decision just to make LeBron James happy? You obviously wouldn't be happy with this hire. If you were happy with this hire, you wouldn't be putting all these other stipulations in saying who he needs to hire and who needs to be with him. You don't respect him. Why should he respect you? And so the negotiations fall flat on their face. Here's when negotiations fall flat on their face. Negotiations fall flat on their face when neither side or at least one side feels disrespected in some way. So for all the negotiations you're doing out there in the world, let's break it down. Why do deals fall apart? For one, number one, here's here's the number one reason why deals fall apart. It's not a good deal. What you're offering is a horrible deal. Two, there's lack of 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 common respect for one another's culture or differences. And so we can't get past that in order to get to the deal. And three, it's too one-sided. So this is a black equity moment. We're breaking down negotiations. We're talking about it through the lens of the NBA. Do you see that? What we are doing is taking a a, a story, we're looking at it, and we're saying, okay, 
through this lens, let's have a bigger conversation. The conversation is about negotiation. That's the conversation here. Ty Lu is a, a, a former champion through coaching. He might be even be a champion through playing. I'll look it up. He has a pedigree of a winner through coaching with LeBron James. And so he demands top dollar in any market. Whether you like him or not, at the negotiation table, he demands top dollar. Because if you underpay him, if you pay him less than what he deserves, that means you're going to pay everybody else less than what they deserve because he actually has the hardware to prove it. And this fake make-believe NBA world that you've created where championships matter, ticket sales matter, and all all everything that goes along with it that we've considered to be real, fine, it's real. We'll make the money from it. Right. The championships are supposed to matter. Well, if the championships matter, then Ty Lue should should be the highest paid coach. What's the problem? If championships matter. And and if championships matter, you shouldn't be telling me who I should hire as an assistant. So you're, you're bringing me in saying how valuable I will be to your team. And then you're trying to decide how in which I should operate once I walk through that door. So I, I'm really not bringing my full self. I'm only I'm only there as a symbol of championship pedigree. I'm only there to, to look good in the pictures. I'm only there so you can say how great of a hire you made. And when I'm in a negotiation, I have to first look, is this a good deal? Are you even bringing a good deal to me? Three years? What was it, 18 mil? Yeah, but I want I want to at least make more than what I was making with this last few years with, with Cleveland and the, the contract they got. I'm I'm chilling at home. Yeah, I can coach. Yeah, I'm top. I'm one of the top coaches ever. You know, that's what you got to tell himself. I'm one of the top ones. I'll come through. I'll work with your team. I would love to work with the Lakers. Sure. We can have those conversations. But I'm looking for a place that's going to pay me top dollar. And if you're not going to give me top dollar, at least give me the years. Give me, give me something that shows me that we can renegotiate in a few years and we can get this number up. But you want me for three years so then you can have me coach for two and cut me in the third. So it's a bad deal. And frankly, the fact that I'm coming to the table and you show me no respect for my championship pedigree. I don't even want to continue negotiation talks with you, Lakers. There's no, there's, where's the respect at? The problem is your contract is too one-sided. You want to bring on a coach. (laughs) You want to bring on a coach, but then you want to, you want to make decisions for the coach before the coach has even walked in. And that's going to cause a rift within your locker room. If you bring in Jason Kidd 
automatically as an assistant coach to Ty Lue, and those two hadn't even discussed that's what that he would want that, it's going to cause a rift in your locker room, and some players are going to ride with Jason Kidd, and some are going to ride with Ty Lue. Because Jason Kidd is a, is a people's coach, a player's coach. So when we're looking at negotiations, that's what I'm looking at. No, no deal. If I'm Ty Lue, no deal. And then if Ty Lue is saying he wants five years, if I'm the Lakers, no deal. It's a no deal. Y'all two should not be working together. Ty Lue and the Lakers are not a good fit. They have two different visions. If you want Jason Kidd, go grab Jason Kidd. Bring him on for three years at 18 mil, and he'll love that. That would be a perfect contract for him. But Ty Lue's a champion, and you can't do that. A, a coaching champion. Can't do that. So that is the art of the negotiation. Give me, give me something that's not one-sided. Give me something right down the middle. Give me something that is going to be a fair conversation between us two. Or I'm going to start taking it as disrespect. You must not know who you have at the table. But, you know, no need to get emotional about it. Shake hands. Have a great day. When you decide to respect my resume, when you, when you decide to respect my value, we can continue negotiations. Until then, I'm going to go back doing what I was doing. You called me. I didn't call you. And so Ty Lue's doing the right thing. Walk away. Walk away. If you're not willing to walk away from a negotiation table, you was never negotiating. You was never negotiating, my friend.